Hi everybody, welcome to Carnival of Randomness. In theory, it's spring, but it's Rochester, so it's like snowing, snowing. out on Palm Sunday. <laughs> and not the Kurt Vonnegut book, The Weather, and Palm Sunday, you know, with the palms and the donkey and whatever. And Greg was here, but he went out to get a banana split. We hear the ice cream truck, so we had to lower Paul's IQ and make him the drummer. I'm the honorary drummer <laughs> Sorry, today. Paul. So but we're so I'm, thrilled. I'm the butt of all the drummer jokes for a change. Huh? <laughs> yeah. So I'm so thrilled. I always talk about music as a positive force. That's why we try to promote and push it. But if you want somebody to amplify, that statement in which he does not only in terms of music, but in terms of other organizations he works with, which we're going to talk about. We're very thrilled to have Amanda Ashley today. Thank you so much. That's so nice. <laughs> very cool. Well, yeah. you're a keyboard player, not a drummer, so we can't make fun of you. No. And cool flower. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. But how did this all start for you? When did you get the vibe to say that you had little muse come, hey, Amanda, you have to, you have to go this route, you have to play um, I always knew I wanted to be a musician. Like, if there was anything I was ever sure of in life, I knew I wanted to do something with music. Um, I started playing when I was six, and then I just, like, kept picking up other instruments. I went to Fredonia, and then I came here, like, straight out of college and, and decided to, you know, try life somewhere new. And my friends from college were around from this area. My, my ex was from here, and that was it. And I fell into the music scene just by like going to open mics and trying to make some friends, and um, that kind of you know started everything. I I met my my friends in the music scene. I met my my current partner, you know, like, and I was just getting the experience of you know being out there, and I just wanted to always get better, you know. And I still think for every time I hear Fredonia, all I think of is a Marx Brothers movie, Country. <laughs> Doesn't it sound like that? Really, it's like Fredonia for Freons or something. <laughs> Fredonia, it was an experience. Oh, sure. I'll, uh, I don't know if I should tell you this story, but I guess I will. I guess one of my yes. friends said, "Oh, you're not there anymore, so it's okay." One of my friends went there. He said they had like grade D meat in the cafeteria, which is lower than prison meat. Oh man, <laughs> I don't know. Yes, yeah, I'm sure there was plenty of questions. Things. And that was a long time ago, so statute of limitations for liable are probably done or whatever else. Now it's all like fancy. They have like Starbucks and and like I mean, well, they actually had a Starbucks when I was there, but like I think everything's gotten an upgrade a little bit since maybe hopefully. We hope, we hope. Maybe you'll play a show there sometime. Probably not after hearing this show. Yeah, I would love to, yeah. But that's but so how did you like in tomes? I also I talk about when you started out. How did you start out? Were like your first gigs here, and when did? Um, I yeah, I think so. Some of my first real gigs were at like Damien's Pub. <laughs> I, I was in college, and um, I would come here on my breaks because Long Island was just like too far. Sometimes we have like three day breaks, and um, my boyfriend would be like, "Hey, come, you know, stay with my family." So I would do that. And then um, I, like, made friends with um, this guy, Tom Rizzo. Hi, Tom, if you ever listen to this. And he had this band called uh, Three Clouds from Nine or something like that, something nine. And um, he would have me, like, open for him. So I just, like, started, like, doing, like, a half-hour set. And that was some of my first experiences, like, playing out in Rochester and Jimmy Max, too. Do you guys remember that? Jimmy Max was in High Falls. Maybe, maybe. Yeah. It was cool. So I, that's like, I mean, this is so long ago. I wasn't even graduated from college. And then 
when I moved here, I, I think one of my first gigs was like Starry Nights. And then um, I was just trying to find my place in the scene. Like I didn't, it's so, I've been thinking about this so much like lately because I just had a birthday, but like um, I've just been on such a journey of trying to find myself in music because like I have a, a like I played classical music, you know, for piano, but I always really liked everything. So I don't know. I think I eventually like figured out that I didn't want to pigeonhole like what type of music I wanted to play. So I started just doing kind of like a piano bar thing. I know? think that like a lot of writers will say like if you like like say Ray Bradbury for example, you start off trying to imitate him a little then you find your own voice and yeah. I think that's how a lot of people do it like some people will start off even like some friends have done cover bands at first and then they start doing their own songs mm -hmm. but who influenced you in terms of like music when you were young what did you listen to I listened to so I listened to a lot of Billy Joel um, I listened to Elton John. I just got Billy Joel tickets for my birthday, which I'm like so pumped. Is about. he still doing the Madison Square Garden? Yeah. Now I wonder, like oh, with yeah. COVID, if he had to postpone it because I know. Oh, he did. Yeah, yeah he postponed a bunch. Because a friend went, he said it was great. He said the way it was, like it doesn't sell out right away, but it sells out, and he'll just start going. Okay, what do you want to hear? What do you want to hear? What do you want to hear? And he's gonna yeah. <laughs> yeah, definitely. I. It's funny. So like, I listened to like Billy Joel, Elton John. My dad always had like. Um, my dad really listened to a lot of like strong female artists like Janis Joplin, like Natalie Merchant, Joan Baez. So there was like that going on, the Beatles, you know, <laughs> like that was going on in my house. And Can't then, talk like, about the Beatles with Joan. <laughs> we have the peanut uh, gallery here. So. <laughs> the Beatles, like that was like very influential for me. That was my first album. I, the first two albums I ever got, I got that, that ELO double album, two ninety nine. Why we all had a gold circle. We all had to have it. Why? Because they had the little UFO you could assemble. Uh, but my first right. Beatles cool. album was the 1967 to 70 Blue album. Okay. And then I went backwards from there. And the first thing, though, for some reason, I should ask Julia when she's on here sometimes, Julia Figueres, some reason they would play Yellow Submarine on XXI on 4th of July every year. That was my friends and I would pretend we were the Blue Meanies and chase each other with sparklers, <laughs> like pepper headed stuff. I love how much fun they had with music, you know, like just seeing that documentary that I was, I was telling you about Get Back, like if you guys ever have 10 hours that you could dedicate to... You like, don't want to watch the Lord of the Rings marathon <laughs> again. I recommend it because it's just like you realize as um, a songwriter, I think uh, how much personality, like how far you could take it. You know, if you want to be super creative and quirky, like, that's okay, and go ahead, you know, and I feel like they did a lot of that, and I, I love that about the Beatles. Like, they just crossed so many different rivers, you know, and it was all brilliant. And they were all, there was, like, a little, like, friendly competition, because I know Paul said, I guess there was a party in London, and Brian Wilson and Mike Love, one of them, brought an acetate of pet sounds, and he heard it, and he said, boys, we get up our game. Yeah. That's why they did Sgt. Pepper. And I still think if you listen to Odyssey and Oracle by the Zombies, it's pet sounds, basically. They just took it and made <laughs> Great album. It's like one of my summer albums, but... I think Pet Sounds is, like, so influential to all that stuff. Yeah. But there was, like, a friendly competition. Like, John would write a lot of Strawberry Fields Forever, which is my favorite Beatles song. 
And then, so then Paul would hear it and go, well, I better write Penny Lane or something. I got to up my game. <laughs> but it was like the friendly kind of competition where you make yourself better. Yeah. You know, except the thing about like Ringo, though, the problem was he wasn't even the best drummer in the Beatles. <laughs> Oh, I know. You know that I have to keep this. All those guys, they were so multi-talented. Like, I, yeah, they're all playing piano. They're all playing drums pretty much. But the thing, I read a bio on him last year, and they said he was, you know, we make fun of him. Buddy Rich would roll over in his grave because in Rolling Stone's greatest drummers, they put Ringo ahead of him. But he was the hottest drummer in the area of Liverpool. He was known as the best. And the only reason he was with the Beatles was because, can you imagine this, like, years later, you passed, because they offered him the most money. Could you imagine, like, playing with another band going, well, I could have been in them, but they offered me, they offered me free pints afterwards. Oh, my gosh. It's like the guys that didn't join Foreigner when they, when they went to uh, L.A. They just felt that, eh, you know, it's never going to go anywhere. And they're all, Wow. Kicking themselves for not being in a you know hot band, and you know, and you don't know at the time. Obviously, there's this, there's this film called I Shot Bono, and it's actually it's about a friend of Bono's, Paul Houston's, when he grew up, and they knew each other, and they were both in bands. And I guess the guy was really proud, and like when you two broke, he didn't forget him, and he said, "Well, you want to go touring with us?" Aww. He turned it down what? because he said he just he wanted to make it on his own. His bandmates flipped. What? Why? I, yeah, I mean, that's crazy. I was, we were just talking to a, a bunch of musician friends that were, you know grew up in Rochester and a couple that had opportunities to go, you know, work and in, in, you know get long term gigs in the Florida Keys or long term gigs in Memphis and and I can't count how many people I talked to in the last week that all had a story about you know Rochester was home and I didn't want to leave home and I came back to Rochester and I'm really glad that I did that and you know they were all talking about how life could have been different if they went someplace else how their life could have taken a wrong turn or whatever mm-hmm. and how really happy they are they were here because the music scene here is really fantastic and i love and the, rochester yeah, yeah it's great i do i'm glad like i stayed here i've been here like i think it's been almost 15 years now which mm-hmm. is so crazy to me isn't um, it amazing how time goes i can't remember the first time I, I was yeah. actually thinking of katie Morey's gig last night and hi, Katie. I have to send you a text because I had to run because Batman was on. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but but uh, I was thinking back like, when I met some people, and I know I met like this whole circle of friends I know, like Michaela, Josh, Sam, and everything in 2012 because it was my Plastic Sons gig. Oh, and okay. I know that. But I'm trying to remember when I first met her. It was like, I know it was a place to see. And it was one of those gigs. And it had to be probably around the same time. Yeah, maybe. And I don't remember, like, your first gig either when I saw you or not, but that's how the years pass so fast. Yeah, it's crazy. I've, yeah, tri- I've definitely have had some years. Like, it's it's funny to think back to, so five years ago, um, we had our final jam. At, I used to host this open jam at Firehouse Saloon with Bo, who's oh, my, yeah. my like, life partner. And we... Like it, a video popped up like on Facebook that we were tagged in, and it was like the final jam with all the people that were like a part of that experience, you know. And it it was like a whole community, and we watched so many of our friends' bands form out of that, and like we made so many friends, and like we were just like I watched this video, I'm like, oh my god, I can't believe like that ended five years ago, you know, like so fast, but also like so much has happened in five years like I feel like it's been like in some ways it feels like it's been like 15 years you know it's weird time is like such a warp 
It is, though. And, like, you don't even think about it. Like, you don't think about, like, what do you see in a little bit as your progression as an artist from when you started to now? And honestly, are there any cringe moments from when you started you wish you did differently? <laughs> 100%. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. Covering that Hanson Umbop song. <laughs> huh? That was not the best you idea. Know, I don't have too many, like, cover regrets. I mean, I already covered terrible stuff. Like, like, I, like I love it. I love it. No, I always say it's like bad. It's like, okay, it's like remakes of films or cover songs why don't you take something instead of taking a good movie or good take something that's not so good and try mm. to make it better my favorite thing to do is to <laughs> so Beatles Andy was talking about when I played at um at Von Mar you know like I used to play at the department store and it was like every other person that plays there is like been there for like 100 years like they but they're playing like more like classical or whatever so I would take like Miley Cyrus and make like classical music out of oh, that's it hysterical. and play it and then like or rap songs and like just pretty it all up and it was like my favorite four hours of life like every time did people notice um yeah oh yeah that's, that's why they like and the staff loved it because they were like oh my god like you just bring so much more like pep you know like and they thought it was fun because people like start to I I know I do this like my ear will try to figure out, like, what is this song? Like, I know this song, right. you know? And you hear the melody come, like, pull it through, but it's all, like, jazzed or classical up. It's fun. Yeah, that's what, it's all, It's like, almost, it's like improv, and it's just, like, mm -hmm. fun. I mean, that's, like, one of our guests on here, Cram Kim Drehan, my friend, he said, like, the one time for his band, Static Clean, he said, you know, maybe I could write three good songs a year, but there's all this great stuff out there, music for everyone. So mm -hmm. that's what he would do. Now he does mostly original stuff. But you, when did you decide really to start doing, did just, you had that creative vibe to do your own stuff? Because I know... Uh, well, I started writing music when I was like 14. And now is it sort yeah. of just... I always say for artists, you can't really teach it. Maybe you can have like some people to steer you in the right direction, help, but it's got to come from within somehow. For songwriting? Yeah. It's almost I... like trying to ask like change from a Buddhist. They can't give it to you because change comes from within. I That's believe deep. people, I think everybody could write a song. I think like... Okay. Yeah. I'll have Jill, you. have her write a song, and then when we're done, give it to us. Yeah. <laughs> She's not busy right now. Occupy hey, Just time. don't ask Jill what the last song was that I wrote. You know what the one thing we all could do, hopefully, is is write, right? So you, if you could write and you could just take a moment, like I recommend this to some of the kids I teach. You know, you take five minutes or in either in the morning or five minutes before you go to bed and just write your thought of the day. And it doesn't have to be more than a sentence, right? But express how, like, you felt, you know, like... Um, or whatever, whatever you want, you know, like take like five minutes of your time and write a little something. And then you could eventually like, when you get used to putting your, your feelings and thoughts on paper, you know, then you could later on go back and try to make poetry out of it, you know, but you got to start somewhere. Yeah, and I think also, you know, if you ask Dylan or somebody and I could be totally wrong, but if you ask like probably just stuffy experience, you'd probably say, do it. Yeah. That's it. I think if you're not afraid to fail and you can just do it. And like, if I did that, most of the time it would be, well, I went through the whole day thinking it was Thursday and it was Wednesday. <laughs> mm -hmm. be that sounds like a country sign to me right there. Well, there's got to be <laughs> somebody left them. 
truck broke down, his liver's failing, and his dog died. That's about every country song. The shortest country song ever? Or beer, something about beer. Yeah, so lonesome in the saddle since my horse died. That's the shortest country song. Yeah, and I do think you're like, I try to figure out your style too. I hear like there's so many different things in there from the piano. That's the thing, you're like a little mishmash of everything. You could say like indie. Pianist, do you have any description over? Do you just go wherever the muse takes you? Um, well, you know, like I just say, like pop, indie pop, soul, like Regina Spector, something yeah, like that. That's yeah. what I get a vibe of there. I, Vanessa Carl. I thought it was great that you classified yourself as pop when I went to your website. Just the, yeah, the, the, the two minutes of research I did before we, <laughs> we don't do any work. like you look, you get the names right <laughs> on the like, show. What you do? <laughs> I love it. It's funny. Um, yeah, well, that's fair, right? I mean, I think, um, I I don't know. I like Some of my music has, like, a touch of funk in it. Some of it has, like, a little bit of a jazzier tone. Some of it's rock. I'm a songwriter, you know? Like, I don't, I don't want to... I just want to write songs from my heart, and however that, like, ends up coming out expressed-wise, that's just what it is. It's one of our sayings we always say on the show, too, is there's only two types of music, good music and bad music. It's, you know, I've had, like, things where I've gone to a ballet and then gone to a punk show afterwards. Right. Yeah. You know. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. I went to see Joy Wave Friday, oh. and then I stopped at Flower City. I just City. actually saw him yesterday, Daniel. Oh, oh, they were awesome. Such a good, solid band. Um, we saw them, and then I like stopped at Flower City Station to say hi to like my friends there, and they had a, a Tool tribute band. <laughs> and it was awesome. <laughs> it was so good. I was like, wow, this this has been a great night, <laughs> great mixture. It's of- like I remember like seeing David Allen Cohen, then I saw. After it's Toots and the Maytals the next day, and I'm looking around going, I am the only person that was at both these two different crowds. (laughs) 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 It's like one of those funny things. But that's the beauty of it, though, too. If you don't, but I think, remember back in high school, though, but it was when you were in high school, they put you in a category. Like if you you were the metal dude and they found out you were listening to jazz, it would be all over school. Yeah, I always hated that. I'm not somebody that likes to be boxed in, you know? Like I just want to create my mo is like i just want to keep on creating and keep on exploring and keep on getting better at everything i do musically like i i've been taking bass lessons for the past year (laughs) and like i started teaching myself over covid and you know so like now i'm starting to explore like a little bit more funk and i and i think like and like even some jazz you know like different stuff blues you know so I, i know a lot of that because of me learning this instrument is going to come out of my song. Is there an instrument you'd like to play but you think might be daunting or just... uh... No. I don't know. I could geek out. I could do a good kazoo. That's about (laughs) it. (laughs) I love... um, So for Girls Rock, we've been doing this rhythm and drum class um, once a month. It's a workshop and it's free... Um, for anybody's kids, like it's it's nice for families. Like we've had some families come down, they bring their daughter, and the parents will sit, and we have about like fifteen percussive um, instruments and drums, and everybody gets their choice of instrument, and like we set just like a steady rhythm, you know, and we we try to teach everybody like dynamics and just like learning, but like communication through drumming, and you you don't need experience to do that. You just need to know how to feel. Right? And it's been, like, super cool. I love it. And I just, like, geek out every time. That's one thing we're going to talk about. The one question I've always been asking, so you're a working musician, you're going along fine, 
then this thing called COVID comes along, <laughs> and I do have your cocktail hour. Yeah. But yeah. is that one way you reacted to it? What did you do when this hit? Besides just figure it'll end in a month, and then figure okay, we're here for the next ten years. <laughs> I I had a hunch it was going to be pretty much as long as it has been. I I um. I don't know. I definitely freaked out at first because I was like, what the heck? Like, what am I going to do? I had already been teaching, though, so I, like, right away just turned virtually. So, like, I started teaching. um, Like, I kept up with my students and just figured out the virtual thing. And then I had the idea for afternoon cocktail. And I just, I'm just somebody that needs to keep my mind like active like if I can't be active like I'm very on the go if I can't have that like my my brain needs to be immersed in something like creative so doing the talk show kept me um sane and it kept me really motivated to get up every morning and to get dressed and to like do a presentation yeah I'm like one of those people like if I have an hour like free time I'm like shaking going i should be doing something yeah. i should be oh doing something God. but I'm what sorry. i would have like for covid i ended up having my calendar out and i would have all my friend shows i was gonna watch on the computer <laughs> that's cool you're so supportive that's nice. you know the thing like i remember Alyssa because she's like you always have to crack me up because you make the weirdest comments if i read them so i'm not gonna read them until you're done anymore <laughs> i put like a pedal to a hot pocket or something <laughs> it was weird, it, but the interesting part about that time for me was like, I, well, the other reason why I decided to take, I wrote a lot for that show too. And the reason why like I decided to take my writing there was because I wasn't super inspired to write my own music. And I, so one of my students, I wasn't inspired because I was like, I had so many, there was just so much going on in the world. And then I'm trying to deal with my own like personal, like what the heck's going to happen? Like I'm not working, you know, like um, dealing with that to taking care of my child full time, you know, like it was uh, a shake up, you know, and coming, I was like, so doing the talk show, like was just a good way to, to channel my creativity and to keep me like going, you know, it was fun. Yeah. And that's like, I think you just, when you're an artist, creative people create. Yeah. And that's like, and I just, like I said, I have most of your stuff, but I'm so disorganized at home. This is like what I found. <laughs> so I actually just grabbed one of your albums, yeah, A Random Metamorphosis, one of my favorite books by Ovid. I don't think this is a concept oh, yeah. album. No. But I just love the, see, it's like this satire of like a 50s family on the front. Yeah. It's a great picture. I mean, what? I it, it. Okay, the only way I don't criticize everybody, what you should have had is like you with a knife on the back of them dead. <laughs> oh yeah. Okay, that's me. I'm sicker. You're more positive. Yeah, right. But how did you come up with this idea? Because I remember getting this and looking at this, and going, "This is hilarious." It is hilarious. Yes. I love it. They are my family, though. You know, I like the dog was in there too. Um, and you got the. This actually looks like a record too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know. I just always, like, love that, like, throwback look, you know? And I think it was the, the kind of life I wish I had that, like, that yeah, I didn't Harriet. have at the time. I think, yeah. too, it's, like, simpler. We don't have to think. It's simpler times. You yeah. know, you just grow up in those roles that they, you're going to do this. The Norman Rockwells, yeah. you know? Yeah. It's not really. You know, there's some nights. You would have been a nurse or a teacher. (laughs) Yeah. yeah, What are you going to be, Paul, a fireman or a policeman? (laughs) I want to be a pilot. (laughs) Oh, okay. You dream big. You know, whatever you want to do, you can do. (laughs) 
Yeah. <laughs> but jeez. <laughs> but one of the other things is we jump around on here, and we'll talk more about some of your music and albums. But one of my favorite charities, Girls Rock. And how did you get involved? Can you tell people about it? Sure. So I've been involved with Girls Rock for ten years. Um, this is my nine years as a volunteer and um this is my first year as program director so i took over for casey smith who was the founder and um currently serves as the executive director she's been like so kind enough to uh you know carry me through the process and um just kind of show me the way and it's it's a really great organization so it's a 501c non-for-profit, and really our, our mission is to get music in the hands of anybody who who desires it, you know. Um, we offer financial aid, so we really try to get, um, offer a program to the people that maybe felt like mu music wasn't accessible because of finances and so on and so forth. So um, our program teaches kids how to write music, how to perform in a band, how to be DIY in the, the music business, you know, like how to um, book your own shows and, and um, you know, promote yourself, you know, and be a good community player too, you know, like how to network and how to, you know, just grow. Um, so we try to give them all the, the resources and in a week they write a song and they have come up with a band, they have a band and they rehearse all week and on Saturday they have their showcase and they perform their original song with, under their band logo and name and Do they have any good like you don't tell the people but you have any like really good funny names they came up with for bands? Oh my god. Because I've always, always... to volunteer names for bands. What was it? Uh, psychedelic lollipop? Narcotic, Narcotic lollipop. lollipop. <laughs> it would make a great song anyways. That's like a good a cool instrumental name. song. Yeah. Um, yeah, oh yeah, there's, I can't recall, like, any Like, just talk, just, oh, just... But there's always really good ones. They're so fun. Oh, man, I wish I could, I can't think. There's so many. That's cool, but the thing, the other thing I've always, I always use this story. One of my friends told me this many years ago, and he said he hated, like, most of us hated school, but he said the only reason he got through school is music class, because he mm -hmm. hated school so bad, but he just enjoyed that, and he had a great teacher. Yeah. And uh, because of that. But that's why some people don't think it's important, but it is. It's very Because I think, you know, when you have something you have a passion for, it'll drive you in other things, too. Yeah, absolutely. I, I don't know. Music has been so obviously influential in my life, but, like, it, it got me through a lot of things. So It, it got me. I say I'm still yeah. alive now because of all the stuff dealing with my dad and everything else. Yeah. I tell people that. So you weren't like the guy, like the whiplash guy, huh? The whiplash guy? Yeah, you ever see that movie? It's this movie, it's ridiculous. It's about a music teacher who basically brutalizes and tortures his <laughs> students. No. Oh, wait, is it the guy from New York City, you said? Or... No, it's J.K. Simmons. It's just a fictional movie. Oh, okay. But like, he's like, the one thing he has, the drummer... And he's like, okay, are you, this is before or after the beat slaps him. Now, was that before the or after the yeah, beat? Yeah, he's yeah. bald. Yeah. Yeah, he's, oh, I did He's the guy, he's Jonah Jonah Jameson. He's in tons of stuff. He was Schillinger and Oz. That was crazy. I was like, what the heck is wrong with this man? Like, that's abuse. Um, yeah, no, I'm definitely not like that. I'm much easier going than yeah. that. Um, I, I really think it's so important just for people to find music, um, I mean, primarily have fun playing, have fun, 
You know, like it doesn't have to be such a serious thing all the time. Do they just sort of float to an instrument or like do you just so give them the options? The or? kids have their choice of an instrument at one out of five, piano, guitar, drums, bass, or voice. And they choose their instrument. Oh, not drums. Drums. <laughs> so we're gonna, she's breeding women drummers now. Yeah. And, and there's going to be a whole line of women sitting in the seat going forward. Uh, which is, uh, oh, Casey's been on before. So oh, so Casey's be. the best. Yeah. Yeah, um, so we they choose their instrument, they get their instrument instruction, and then um, in between like instrument instruction and their band practice, they have workshops that are based on confidence building, um, persona, you know, like um, I, like we do some like women's history, like uh, iconic women of music, you know, and we we try to teach them about why they're influential um, and they're you know, like, why they were influential during their time kind of thing. Uh, so, yeah, we just try to pump their heads with really good stuff and, and make music as fun as possible and have them walk away, like, feeling hopefully like they they want to start a band, a real band, you that's know, great. outside of that. That's no, that's great. why yeah. I love this. And I know some of your shows that I think at the Bug Jar. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I know I've been to them, and I know this was after my alcoholic face. So I know they happened. So, but I remember they were like in the afternoon on Sundays because I talked to the other Amanda a lot about these and the programs and everything there. Yeah, that might have been early on. We did stuff with like Anthology, I believe Flower City. Yeah. Um, but yeah, this year is going to be really different. Um, so, like, we usually hold our camp at the Unitarian Church in the summer. So, we have three camps now so it started off as girls rock and then we um added pride rock for the lgbtq plus kids and it's the same type of program where like we um you know they get all everything we do at girls rock it's just for them yeah i love how you're all Um, inclusive too well we try to you know we really want to make a home for these kids to feel like that they could be themselves it is i've always like i said about me and myself for a lot of my life you have to find where you belong i sort of do we want these these kids to feel comfortable expressing themselves and being who being as they are and i think that's it because i think like sometimes when you try the biggest problem of trying anything new is like when we started this because i would like study bring like a sheet and I wouldn't even be able to read my own writing and it, it was really it. It was, it's good to know you can't read your writing either Rob this is <laughs> I could barely read mine you so missed your calling you should have been a doctor you. or pharmacist yes but it's really like it was really rigid you realize it's like a, it's like jazz you improvise like that's mm-hmm. why people I, when people ask me the form and I go you'll survive you know, that's about it. It's like, you'll have fun. It's fun. You know, we're very casual and everything, but I can't really give you a format. <laughs> yeah. We don't really have one. It's, it's all in the name. Yeah. <laughs> Randomness. Well, it sort of is because we have like 90% musicians because that's all I know. <laughs> but, cool bunch. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's, yeah, to me, what's more important like, we don't expect everybody to walk away from that camp week sounding like, you know, the next project. But they feel prodigy. good. The thing is, they feel, no matter mm-hmm. how they are, what level, they feel good about it, though. There's not, like, pressure, like, That's, oh, you suck or something. You're, no, like, you're down or anything. No, that sort of thing. We, I mean, some of these kids have never even picked up an instrument before that week. So we, it's, you can't set, like, the bar too ridiculously high, right? But the whole point and drive behind it is to, to give Get, provide a safe space for people to explore their creativity. I still think you need a shirt 
really need a shirt that says, I wish I played like a girl. Because I've heard this discussed. I've heard this stuff before. Like, friends will tell me, like, some guy will come up to him and say, some dude, idiot will come up and say, oh, you play pretty good for a girl. Oh, yeah. Now, I would I hit him over that. there with a guitar. Oh, can you hear that? You know, and I, it's just ridiculous in this day and age. Yeah, it's, it's funny because, like, you would think, could be beyond that um, in some ways, but I mean, I don't know. I have a lot of really good guy friends. Like, I oh, feel yeah, like I've always been a guy's girl, too. So, like, it's interesting. I would love to see more women in music. Like, I don't know a lot of people exactly like me, you know? Yeah, like, well, you name, like, say we name, like, the best guitar players. Which females would you think of for rock? Locally? Or no, everybody, in anybody. Oh. It would be mostly, I would think it would be mostly like you would think of men. Bonnie Raitt. Oh, well, yeah. yeah. It's, Bonnie Raitt. For me, Poison Ivy. Poison Ivy? I don't From know cramps. why Joan Jett just Joan popped Jett. into my head. Joan Jett's a lot of fun, but I wouldn't say she's the best She guitarist. actually makes a lot of lists, and I think it's, she makes them because that's the only one yeah. these idiot critics can remember. That was Greg. <laughs> but, but I think because sometimes I don't, I don't believe in those lists any. I don't believe in those lists. His voice is strange. He's around somewhere, but uh, I... But I think like those listeners, but like Marnie Stern's fantastic. If you've ever, she's like a New York, she's really good. Allie Venable. Oh, in fact, I think a lot of like the younger female guitar players coming up are fantastic. Yeah. I think there's, I mean, there's so many different, I don't like, how do you say that when there's so many genres and like different talents, you know, like I, Bonnie Raitt is somebody that like instantly comes to mind like for like legends, but like I can't. Yeah, I'm sure Joan Jett, of course. You know, like <laughs> that popped in my head because I just heard yeah. Joan Jett in the, in the car yesterday. I so. love Joan Jett. She's a lot of fun. Yeah, but yeah. I think that's the thing. But I just think like there is a still stigma for stigma or whatever for whatever reason. But like drummers and everything else, they can. They're all great. I you know, it's what you like too. Rock. This thing is what you like yeah. too. Yeah, totally. and everything else. And I think people don't get that sometimes. It's like music should be fun. It's called playing, mm-hmm. not work. Right. Nobody listens to music to be tortured. Well, <laughs> I've been to emo concerts and stuff. I'll take that back. <laughs> or like you know, I've been to you know, I listen to the Cure. <laughs> oh yeah, you don't like the Cure? Yeah, I do. Yeah. But it's like okay, I'm not like a weepy fourteen year old anymore. Yeah. Well, I find like I turn on certain music for like different times of the day i listen to music all day long and it's all different types of, of stuff like from like real poppy stuff to like you ever listen to the band royal blood yeah. yes i love that band that band is so good joy wave to like i'll listen to john batiste and like well he was uh, on austin so, city list night. So did you see royal blood when they played here i did yeah, yeah that when, was um, at that show uh, with the uh, 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 queens of the stone, queens of stone age. age yeah great show oh my god so that day i yeah. closed on my house too oh cool <laughs> so i was like really it was celebrated a, it was a great day it was the best day yeah i loved it um that was a great show it was fantastic i would see them again in a heartbeat but yeah like i i mean so like i i like rock i i love um i could go to a rock concert you know i could go to see like um i saw do like dua lipa like she's like my favorite i love pop music like really poppy stuff i i gravitate towards um but then i'll listen to like james brown you know all in the same sentence sliding the family stone you know like I love everything. You can see that from your music, though. Mozart. It reflects it. <laughs> it reflects in your music, though, because there's like little, it's like a little, you put it in a blender and it's yeah. all there. You know, like, there. but I was actually, I got a little deep last week after singing Saw Stickman. 
Paul yeah. took a picture because he wanted a picture of my hat, and he that's pretended right. to take a picture of the band. Yes, that's uh. right. But I was just thinking after I had these weird, I guess doing this, you start analyzing things. Yeah. You do prog, I think, because you better be a really good musician. You want to sort of test yourself, see your limits, see how far you can go. Where, like, if you're doing roots, you better know how to craft a song. You don't necessarily have to be like a master player but you should know how to well you gotta have you gotta have the soul behind roots music yeah. right? but you know the, the stuff that we saw at stigma that was so technical and it was interesting being there i was there because steve piper was at our table along with julie and and um he, i was talking with him afterwards and he's an americana guy you know he's always played um you know roots music in americana and he's a, a singer songwriter and and uh he said you know it's so interesting to be at a show like this where it's so highly technical he goes, it's not the sort of thing I would have gone out and sought out, but he said, seeing these guys play and how, like, it, he said, I would have thought before this show that it was something for, like, moody 14-year-old boys, mm -hmm. and now seeing it, it's, like, absolutely incredible how, um, you know, what great music it really is. So it's it's interesting getting uh, musicians that are kind of in one groove, you know, in, in a different, uh, you know, experiencing other types of music. And, sure. And, and here is his uh, feedback on that. Right. It was it was it was great to get his perspective on it because I'm pretty diverse like you are. I yeah. listen to like everything and so Yeah, I was the only one at the RPO the other week wearing a punk rock shirt. <laughs> yeah. Actually, I saw I loved it. We were in the lobby during the intermission. The Emperor's Concerto was great. Oh. But we're out there, we're in the we're in the lobby, right? I see a kid come by with a guns and roses shirt on uh, and I'm like, Ah, yeah. this is great, this is great. I got tickets to see RPO, um, they're doing Jurassic Park movie. Those like, are those are fun I though. Those. I've been to a lot of those. those are I've really been fun. to the um the Jack, like Halloween, um, oh my god, Nightmare Before Christmas. Oh, I was, I was at that. That was yeah. awesome. They have a Beatles symphonic one in a couple weeks, too. Joe, we should get tickets. Really? Yeah. Wow, that's cool. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we, have, we have our running jokes on here. We make fun of drummers, we make fun of that and everything. But tell us some little bit about your studio work and your albums. And like the first time you did it, how was the process and everything? And oh my god, the first time I did it was in like somebody's bedroom. <laughs> it was like or like a closet. <laughs> no, well, oh yeah, well I guess yeah. You mean I mean the album, mean the music. <laughs> yes, yes, not. <laughs> <laughs> I just realized how wrong that came out. Um, <laughs> I yes, no, it was literally like in like this very small like closet type room, and we just like I think there was I don't know it was weird. My friend Matt, who was a drummer, the two of us like he he's he hooked me up with this guy Alex, and he's like oh he does recording out of his apartment, so that was like my first recordings. But my um, yeah, it's crazy to hear, like, I like to record, like, once a year because for growth purposes, you know, like, not, um, and now at this point, like, to, to always have something new to give to my audience, you know, so I, um, but yeah, my voice has changed tremendously. I think I was singing entirely wrong for, like, the first four years of my career, you know, and, um, it's been like a process like it's so you know as i've been growing as a songwriter i've just grown as a musician a lot and i know? think it all comes naturally that's the important mm -hmm. thing you're not trying to i think with bowie his problem was and i love bowie but after the success of less dance i think like the next couple albums weren't as good because i think for the first time ever it's like i have to do a commercial so they just go then he went back to like tin machine and all the stuff naturally and that's what i think he never cared he just would do pick one album do something else. Yeah. 
Yeah, I just always wanted to keep on writing. Like right. So when somebody goes to you showing you some branch out and launch a doom metal song, and I'm like, <laughs> get them. <laughs> yeah. But uh, yeah, so I, I think that's. And you know, I think too a lot. Of, I love hearing those stories like back in the old days because we didn't have this technology. I think we're born in an age where technology. I used to, you know, I used to say like when my brother was in a band that you would hear it would sound quote-unquote local because it would be you know not the record best recording yeah. and everything else and you know these days everything can sound great mm-hmm. oh yeah there's i mean yeah it's crazy and i love like different things like tom waits did mule variations he recorded in a barn mm-hmm. led zeppelin recorded some like at headley grange where they like bonham would go up play in the hallway to get the sound <laughs> you know, it's interesting how people got the sound before digital, right? So you were talking about Bowie when he did Heroes. He started off right on top of the mic, and then he and then he took a step back, and then he took a step back. So he starts off just being really intimate with the mic, and he ends up screaming 20 feet away from the mic into the mic, and that's how they got that effect on his vocal on that song. And it's, it's very analog, right? So you think about what we do digitally today, and... People don't think about that interaction between the recording equipment and the and the artist as much as they used to. I think it's no, just from being in the studio the and seeing the process, it's amazing. Yeah. I love being in the studio. I could like totally see myself being a studio rat. I've often just wanted to rent this place as an apartment to stay here. <laughs> yeah, I've well, been well, Greg, Greg lived here through COVID, so yeah, yeah, <laughs> we have him on the security camera, so. I've been recording with uh, Mike Gladstone for the past few years, and he's been like producing my work. Yeah, he's an he's an incredible mind. Like watching him work and just seeing what he does, like on a production level, is so impressive to me. And it's like he's literally composing on top of a composition, you know. And like we have a great working relationship, and um, it's been really fun. Like I, I feel like I learn something new. Like after how are every you like that? Do you are you more like as a solo artist, or you look to? Because I think there's a different dynamic doing everything solo or looking for other people to bounce things off of. And like if you were given an idea and maybe somebody like you're working with said, you know, that's really good. But maybe if you tried it this way, it would be better. Are you open to that, or you just like yeah. bash him over the head with like a tambourine or something? I'm, no, no, it's no. mine. It's mine. <laughs> no, Mike and I have a uh, like a collaborative relationship you know like where i have i i go and i record my song you know like this is my song in the raw you know like just me and piano or me and guitar and i have i I have a lot of like ideas for vocals um like production wise like for backup vocals and harmonies so like i'll lay down like my ideas and then um we'll go through the song together and mike basically will like pick up a guitar and be like okay like you know, what do you think of this, you know? And and we'll be like, and that's how, like, so it's like building it piece by piece with guitar, bass, drums, and strings, orchestration, you know, harmonies. And it's like, when you take all those layers, that to me is so exciting. I love, like, how things come together like that. Mm-hmm. Isn't it fun sometimes, Beautiful. maybe, where you start, yeah, like, a song at point A, and you never knew. By the time it's at point Z, it's almost totally different, but really, you're thinking... Why did I like this? For, how did just the groove yeah. like from a little pea to like a beanstalk and up to the? Do you ever get a collaboration with him where you, you know, like he suggests a different tempo or anything like that? Um, not yet, not yet. Um, but I, I wouldn't be, and I, I'd be open to it. Right. I, I just, especially at this point, like I really respect like his. I mean, he's just done such great work, you know. Like I respect and have give him my full trust, mm-hmm. you know. 
and that's that's like really special you know like I've, I've worked with a lot of people and there's not a lot of people I can say that you know I, yeah. I, I felt that trust with you know so it's it's cool it is the part about finding where you belong I think I always keep using that theme I think mm -hmm. that's my little theme for the last couple of years but you also, I get this from seeing you play live, that you really enjoy playing live. and you, you I do, oh yeah. And, you know, you really, you can tell when people are like, you know, okay, we have to, to go to like hour 29. We are off at yeah. hour 29. I say that like when I saw Deep Purple, I swear that they <laughs> yep. knew how long they had to play yeah. and they bailed. That was uh -huh. the union. Yeah. <laughs> and the other thing, it's also like, I think you have to be open. You, you should have a little bit of an ego and not ego, but confidence in yourself because you're really good. But you should be open to other things, too, because I, that's like sometimes I look back at like some people I really like, say Jeff Beck. And I think he's great. Can you imagine if he could actually work with people, how much more stuff he could have done, how much better? Mm -hmm. Because he just couldn't really work with other people. Yeah. I uh, I don't know. I have nothing. <laughs> no, it's nothing really to add there. I, I mean, we, we asked, I got nothing. We, had, we asked this question. Uh, we had uh, Lily on. Uh, Lily Winwood was on uh, the show a couple weeks ago, and uh, you know it's interesting because people in uh, Nashville and, and women in, in Nashville that we've talked to and, and said, you know, so we've heard other people say, you know, they write collaboratively with other artists. Mm -hmm. And, and uh, the pickup line in, in Nashville is, hey, we should write together sometime. And it's just what artists say to each other, right? It's so all co-writes. So, so we asked her, and she said, nope. Yeah. <laughs> and she stumped us. It was like, really? And she goes, nope, just me and myself. That's it. I just, you know, I sit down and I write and, and uh, don't collaborate with anybody. And I think that's, it's a choice. Like, I know, like, anytime I've gone out to Nashville, it's like everybody's talking about co-writes, and, and there's a lot of that going on, right? Because everybody wants to write the next hit song, you right. know? So the fastest that that song could come, it's, you know, you put two minds together instead of one. I well, you got, then you got idea. two networks together, too, right? Yeah. In terms of getting the exactly. song out there. And, yeah. yeah. So there's a lot of collaboration happening. Um, I love working on a collaborative level. To me, like, that's... So I think I, I tried to get here and then I, I like brain farted somewhere in between my spiel earlier. But during COVID, welcome to the show. Yeah. We do it all the time. <laughs> brain farts never. But during COVID, I was saying like I was really not inspired to write my own music. But um, so I was teaching virtually, and one of my students, uh, Abby Riggins. So she is. Her parents brought her to me. She's legally blind. And um, her parents, she's got a voice of an angel. And her parents uh, brought her to me and were like, you know, we're not musical, but, um, you know, we need somebody, like, she needs singing lessons. And I, I, like, this girl opens her mouth. I'm like, she does not need singing lessons. Like, she has such a natural ability. I could help her, but I, like, basically took on a mentorship position with her. And, like, um, we've been working together. And when I found out she writes music, we started writing, so she's like, I have vocal melodies, but I don't, um, I don't play anything. So I was like, all right. So I started composing for her, and now we have like a full fledged project and just recorded. But over COVID, I was like not inspired to write my stuff, but through our virtual collaboration, like I would compose. She'd sing me the music, and then I started composing for her. And then it became a matter of like almost like producing and then writing songs with her because like um, she'd have like some half finished stuff and I like was like oh well why don't we do this you know so it started ended up being this collaboration that like I wasn't inspired to write for me but 
she inspired me to write for her and and then in building that relationship we are now able to write with each other and I've learned so much from her and she learned so much from me and it's just like how like that um the mentorship like it almost flip-flops like as we're mentoring people it's a two-way street yeah Yeah, totally they mentor you in return and you know it's just I think about that with Girls Rock you know somebody should do like a coffee table picture book and stories about some of the people from there would be awesome like for like charity that would be like really cool hear some of the stories yeah and then the people ever say like well music's not important go well what's this you know (laughs) it's very important I I don't know how anybody could think that but yeah, I, we've got there's a lot of idiots out there for different yeah. stuff you know where people have that tunnel vision if they don't like doing it or maybe they may got forced to sing in choir when they were kids and hated it or something or <laughs> i think anything that helps people is important you that's know? what i say i keep saying like that about that's what was like my lifeline over the years is i knew yeah. i had my shows and everything else to go to then i knew i had my computer shows <laughs> but what's coming this has been very fun and everything is always like, it's <laughs> Thank always you. fun. Yeah. Thanks for letting me. It's always, but collaborate. what's been, what's coming up for Girls Rock for you is. So Girls Rock, it's really, um, we just launched our applications for both campers and volunteers. We have lots of employment opportunities for anybody who is looking for a fun job this summer um, for all three of our camps. And you could go to girlsrockrochester.org and, um, Please fill out an application. You don't have to be a music teacher. You just got to have a really beautiful heart and love music, and we'll find a position for you. So that's that's Girls Rock. Um, and what's the camp? We have karaoke are... today, too. Oh. Oh, <laughs> I don't know no. if this is live it's, or not. Where's no, karaoke today? It's actually talk. It comes out way. They come out on Mondays, but you can tell us about it, and people will know what it was. He does karaoke. It's, uh, I'm leaving you guys and I'm going to host teen karaoke for the teens. So that's awesome. Yeah, it'll be fun. What the, do they? I can't imagine some of the songs they pick. Uh, a lot of it's like poppy stuff. It's like yeah. you probably know like some of the stuff because like that's the only time I feel old. I do not know like, like for the Oscars, I even hear like Coda. Like for the Grammys, I have oh, never heard of like such well, a good movie. I get to it two years later. That's always yeah. my problem. But like for the Grammys. A lot of times, I don't know who the artists are. Yeah, I didn't watch the Grammys. <laughs> I'm more like an indie person anyways, that's yeah. the thing, but... Me too. Spotify is definitely my best friend. Like, Oh, that's I... the one thing, like, these days, you can get your music out there, and it's, but mm-hmm. there's the only thing, sometimes there's so much of it, you have to swim through so much. Yeah, I love it. I love having access to, like, all different types of music like that. It's great. But, um, but yeah. what is... Uh, terms of you for like music and recording and new projects and anything what's coming up and where are you playing soon so this friday i'm playing at record archive with shades that's mine and abby's project um we're also releasing our single the lies you believe uh that we have a a video that we're just putting out on our, our youtube channel and on like instagram social media facebook um so please check that out and um eventually download our music (laughs) i'm still a ludite about that i still do the cds the the albums but i'm hearing that from more people i have friends who don't even i have musician friends who don't even have like cd players anymore it's crazy like uh i don't think cd players even come in computers anymore like they they don't don't. it's crazy because when we saw um anonymous willpower don Mm -hmm. said do you have something to play a CD on? <laughs> and it's like, 
yeah, why? And he goes, here. And he had this, like, four yeah. And I know Alyssa did her Christmas album only, like, on Spotify and nothing yeah. like. So, yeah. But you got to just you have to just go with the times. You can't be, like, an old curmudgeon, like, get off my lawn type like me. But this has been very fun. It's, like, always in. Paul, you you did more than one syllable words. You did good drummer, so yeah, thank you. Yeah, well, sorry. I, I, I let the drummer seat down by being yeah. polysyllabic. <laughs> but we also were, were thrilled. What were you going to do? We're going to have some songs at the end. What did you pick out? Can you just say something about them? Um, like the songs I... Whatever you said, to, yeah, that um, we're just going to play at the end of the show. The Lies You Believe is the song. If we do, if they come out, they'll maybe. They usually do, but we don't want to... A couple times they, like, vanished into ether. So. Oh, that's okay. Um, the Lies You Believe is uh, mine and Abby's new song. And uh, it's... We just... We recorded it. And it was recorded and produced with Mike Gladstone. And um, we're really proud of it. It's just about, like... How sometimes it's it's very easy to get in your own head and to tell yourself, you know, these things that, you know, that this isn't worth it or you're not going anywhere or, you know, like the lies you believe about, you know, like life. And then you realize on the other end of it, no, I I deserve more than this. I love, you know, like learning to embrace yourself and uh, has like a little positive twist. Be excellent to yourself. Yeah, it's a good, good little story. Check it out. I, uh, I'm very proud of it. Yes, you could find this all over the place. You wear, you're online. You mm-hmm. all do all the modern. Yes, it'll be up on Spotify and, and Apple Music and iHeartRadio and all that good stuff. At S, you could ask Alexa and <laughs> she'll play it for you. Um, Isn't that way? Did you ever think when we grew up, honestly, you get to a point where you can just no. just talk to your like devices? I saw somebody talking to their wrist the other day, and I all I could think of was Dick Tracy. Oh my god! Right? <laughs> I know, like the flying cars. Yeah. Next. Could you yeah, be like people next. came down now and like. I like some guy was like you would think this person was talking to himself when I was walking. Guys just going by, and he's obviously the, f- <laughs> the first time I ever saw somebody in a grocery store talking to somebody on their on their wireless headset. Oh, they thought I they thought they were, they were nuts. Yeah, I know. <laughs> so the yeah. Bluetooth, brave new world. Brave uh, new world. But thanks yeah. a lot, Amanda, for being yeah. on. Thanks, Paul, for happy to be here. Yes, <laughs> take care, Greg. Thanks, Peanut Gallery Thank over guys. there, <laughs> and go support Girls Rock. Check out Amanda's stuff; it's great. And see you next time. Bye. This I believe flowers never grow if you plant them in a cave. They'll never see the light of day. Cold and alone in the dark, buried deep by unseen seeds. Nothing left but the lies believed. You were born with something less. Never mind success. Maybe it's the man for me. Always second best. Maybe it's the man. It's not meant to be. You can search, but you will find the great world doesn't care that you left behind. Your roots run deep and fair. Weapon. 